Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello my friend and welcome once again to the Words of Jesus series. I'm Don Harris. We're going to be finishing up chapter 30 today in our little book. I hope you've enjoyed things so far. Hope you've learned some things, and uh, you, you may even find evidences in your life already of thinking red ink, which is our goal, right? All right, uh, we have Jesus uh, having um, taken on the handicap of the vocabulary and the mentality of the persons on the earth by becoming one of us, and uh, finding already that he's having very much difficulty getting uh, human beings to understand what the kingdom of God is all about. Um, there were times when trying to explain the kingdom of God to people uh, that Jesus would make a comment about what the scriptures say and, um, and you know, to, to no avail you will search the scriptures to try to find what he's talking about and you, you may find that uh, it may be a scripture, whatever it is he's referring to, is not available to us anymore. Perhaps it's been retranslated, translated over until it's it's gotten to where it uh, doesn't say what uh, it's supposed to say. I, I really don't know what the problem is there. But uh, if you remember the Pharisees who asked, uh, or I guess it was the Sadducees that asked uh, Jesus, um, whose wife will she be? Remember the woman that had married more than one husband? Uh, whose wife will she be? And he says, you do err not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. And, uh, and I can't find in scriptures anywhere where that's delineated so clearly that Jesus would accuse them of not knowing the scriptures. Um, so uh, we find that uh, we, we have several handicaps in our 21st century. One of them is, is that we're so incredibly sinful. Uh, we are so far from uh, a, a holy and righteous life uh, there were times when even uh, uh, not atheists, but perhaps the theist of the day, who acknowledged there was a God, but they certainly weren't, you know, evangelicals. Um, and uh, and I don't I don't know how much uh, God really influenced their life, other than the fact that they knew that they would likely stand before this God one day and give an account of themselves. Um, it was kind of a a casual understanding of that s certainly there's a God, and I'm doing the best I can. But it certainly wasn't uh, that evangelical mindset of, of the, uh, the more uh, vociferous and the more active and the, the more um, uh, evangelical of uh, the, the Christianity that we know today. Um, and I think that uh, it, over time, as the church got more aggressive and uh, started demanding their way with, um, you know, uh, wanting certain things cleaned up in town and wanting, you know, that liquor to be illegal and these kind of things, when they started getting a little louder, I think it it, it started to divide back in those days, and uh, there was it, it divided the nation into a wicked sort and a righteous sort. Well, here's, I guess what I'm saying is, is that that righteous sort um, in, in that day was, uh, 
was so far above the standard of what anybody today would call holiness that it hardly compares. And even the evil of that day, the wicked of that day, the, the sinful of that day, actually have more character than many of modern Christians. It's like we're getting worse. And, uh, and I happen to believe that we are. And so one handicap that we're living under is the society in which we live. Because uh, you will find that good common sense Christianity doesn't fit in the evangelical camp. And it certainly doesn't fit in, in the sinner's camp. And so you're going to find that as you start to develop a Christian character and, and even Christianity and start, it, and start to become Christian, you're going to find that uh, you're going to be kind of by yourself. And it, it, especially if you become uh, a Christian based upon the red letters in, in, in the scriptures. So uh, the, the handicap of our society is one huge handicap for us to understand uh, what we need to understand for, for life to work. That is just going to have to be faced with bravery. That's just going to have to be faced with, with determined, you know, setting your jaw and setting your face to do whatever it is you, that you know is the right thing to do and just let the chips fall where they may. That's going to be a part of your endurance. Now, other handicaps that we have in our day, um, again, you have the bifurcation, the, the division, the, the separation between even among Christians as to what they believe is their, uh, their nominal guide, their natural guide, their, well, you know, where they get their marching orders from. Uh, some people uh, uh, trust men way too much, and some men um, are, are very concerned about trusting men and or denominations and such. Uh, some people uh, turn the Bible into a, a magic book. Some of them, even to the point of, of witchcraft and incantation, reading scriptures and trying to make things happen by saying things over and over again. Or they feel like if they find some similar situation in the Bible, that the advice that was given to someone, you know, uh, 1,500, 2,000, 3,500 years ago, uh, because it is the Word of God, that it suffices for us today. So you have that kind of mentality. Then you have um, the kind of mentality that, um, unfortunately, I mean, I'm ashamed to say that, you know, my beloved Quakers were... Uh, the 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 my, the beloved denomination of Quakers that I speak of, um, you know, so fondly. I'm afraid that they were instrumental in the idea that uh, we don't need scriptures. Um, we just we just don't need them. I think we should all just do according to the dictates of our heart. Well, you want trouble, boy? <laughs> that's that's the way to get it. Um, and and you might find. Uh, or, or decide, listening to me, that I necessarily believe that, and, and I don't, um, you know, because I believe that a person should consult the Lord and do as he's told, and, and so that uh, he is actually living a life according to the dictates of the voice of God in his life, not the dictates of his own heart. There is a difference here, um, and so uh, I encourage people to develop that kind of relationship. Well, 
Without that kind of relationship, all these handicaps that are on us on, in these last days, uh, it, w- with the ability of communication, we can surmount almost any of these problems um, easily. Some of them a little more difficult than others. But I, I guess what I want to do is, is encourage you that... Um, I'll, I'll give you an example. When I was, uh, when I was learning to fly... Um, I remember my instructor, I was going to do my first night flight, right? Uh, that sounds frightening, and it, sound frightening, it sounded frightening to me. Until my instructor, would, he told me, he says, now you realize that the laws of aerodynamics do not change because it's dark outside. <laughs> and uh, I thought, it, that's, that's true. So flying an airplane at night is going to be exactly like flying it in, in the daytime. You know, it's just like... I don't know, it's something when you lose that little, that the, the visual acuity, when you lose the ability to see, um, you realize how much you depended upon the ability to see out the window uh, of an aircraft. Well, um, I guess what I'm telling you is that um, it's difficult enough to, to be Christian, but when you add something to it, like the handicaps that I'm talking about, where there's, there's no place to go. There's nobody to counsel with. There's nobody that seems to understand. Um, I, I can't even find people that I'm, that I'm truly convinced really love me and care about me, I care about my welfare enough to try to help. Um, when you have a society like that among Christendom, and you have a wicked society on the outside that is, you know, looks, is seemingly waiting to kill us at any moment, um, when you start adding these handicaps, uh, it can become a little frightful. But you need to know that this plane uh, flies under laws of aerodynamics that are not affected by light. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? That Christianity, uh, it, it, it works under certain laws and principles that have absolutely nothing to do with our environment out there. So we can't get too focused on those things and the things that, that beset us. Um, you know, Paul, of course, when he used the term uh, uh, of, of us being beset in this race, he was talking about our own sins. But I think that in the day that we, that we live in today, uh, I think that a Christian can focus too much on, on the problems of life, the way things are, so to speak. Um, and, uh, you know, that might have been fine for them, but for us it's a little different. Listen, I, I, you're, you're making a big mistake if you do that because the laws upon which Christianity are based, uh, the, the principles, the founding principles of what, of what Christianity is all about, they have nothing to do with the condition of the earth, with the condition of the world, with the condition of society and these kind of things. They still work like they always do. So what do we have to do? We need to obey the commandments. It has nothing to do with what the world has to say to us. Uh, that it's, a, it's a personal thing. It's a family thing. It's within ourselves. Um, and, and, of course, we need to never disobey our conscience. You know, our conscience has the ability of taking in the, um, the, uh, the social orders of life and, and all these little problems that I've, that I've enumerated here. And, um, and adding themselves to the formula so that your conscience can guide you in a proper way. 
And uh, I'm always cautious there. I'm always, I'm always wanting to back up a little and say, now listen, if you're not keeping the commandments of God, you cannot trust your conscience. You cannot trust that, that the guidance that you are receiving is indeed from our Father. And in that, that closed frequency, it's, or that, that secret frequency that can't be interfered by the enemy. Uh, it's, the only, it's our only assurance that we can actually hear the voice of God in, in its purity. So don't try it. It won't work. Um, so I guess uh, I'm telling you about these principles of the kingdom of God because, friend, we're living in it. If you are a Christian, um, you are living in the kingdom of God. The, I love to, to tell the story of uh, Gehazi who could not who was worried about things in the world. And uh, he was, there, there were armies that were going to invade Israel. And, and his, uh, uh, I mean, of course, he was the, the helper, the assistant to Elisha. And um, Elisha had uh, a, a particular look on his face or a particular wave that he was moving and acting and, and talking and maybe taking a nap here and there. And he just wasn't, just wasn't as worried as, uh, as Gehazi thought he should be. And, um, and he was trying to tell Gehazi, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. Nothing's changed here. Well, what do you mean nothing's changed? We're encompassed with armies. And uh, he says, we're encompassed, but um, their armies aren't the only ones that are here. Elisha could see the, the kingdom of God. And this little Gehazi, because he was so worried about things. Uh, well, actually, he was probably worried about things because he couldn't. Uh, there was nothing that Elisha could say to him that would calm him down without uh, poor little Gehazi having to put confidence in Elisha's words that may or may not have merited confidence and given him comfort. So uh, Elisha just simply asked the Lord to hey, open his eyes so he can see what's going on around here. And when he did, he saw all the armies of Israel encamped around the, 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 the precipice of each mountain around them. And they, there were chariots and there were horses and there were uh, you know, armed angels and everything's going to be okay. Then he could calm down. Now, what happened there was that all of a sudden, uh, Gehazi was able to see the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus uh, told Nicodemus that un unless a, a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I know later he told him he need to be born again in order to enter the kingdom of God. But entering the kingdom of God is not something that we're going to do this week. We're not going to do that. It's not going to happen this week. The kingdom of God is not going to happen uh, anytime soon. And so what good does that do me? It's always my complaint many times when, you know, you go to, you go to church and you hear a sermon and you, yeah, it's interesting, yeah, it's factual, yeah, it's good, but how does that help me today? Well, that's the beauty of the kingdom of God within you. Um, we, we studied uh, of, it, of it growing from near nothing into something very substantial. There is a way, if, if, we, if we follow these instructions of our Lord, or at least 
have the understandings that he's giving us through these scriptures that we can actually see that kingdom of God within us beginning to take form, beginning to uh, prove itself every day, and our confidence level goes up, our dedication level goes up, and, and consequently our joy and enjoying the kingdom of God and, and being happy in it right now, it all becomes a possibility. So I guess with all this talk about the kingdom of God being uh, like a mustard seed, like a seed, like, like leaven, like uh, the net, uh, that, uh, I mean all, all the ways that Jesus described it, I'm just afraid sometimes that people will take that and push that idea off into the future when the kingdom of God finally comes to the earth. And that's not necessarily so. Of course it is so. But it's not necessarily the only message that he has for us. The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. You know, I, I appreciate you looking forward to come. I appreciate you praying. Thy kingdom come. I, I mean, that's, that's, that's part of what I teach you to pray, the, the Lord is saying. But there is also a kingdom of, a kingdom of God within us that these principles apply there as well. And all these principles have very little to do with the environment around us. Like my flight instructor said, <laughs> that's right. Uh, the, nothing's going to change because it gets dark. Nothing's going to change. This plane's going to fly just like it always has. You've got to obey all the rules that you had to do when the sun was up. And uh, it was good advice. And uh, I've, I've been able to apply that in many situations. Yes, but it's so dark. Uh, you know, the, the world we live in is so dark. And, you know, there, there's just such little hope. It doesn't matter. The kingdom of God still runs on, works on the same principles that it always has. Jesus is finishing up uh, his dissertation on, um, on uh, what the kingdom of God is like. And um, he uh, talks about it being, uh, or, or equates it to, a hidden treasure. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof he, he goeth and, and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Um, uh, the, the idea of, of hiding this gold mine, this silver vein, this, this part of the earth that he obviously shows, uh, that shows him that it's going to yield treasure and and value for many, many years, um, he, he, he deems that field worthy of everything that he owns. And um, if I can instill in anyone uh, that is Christian that, you know, although our Bible is absolutely invaluable, I mean, absolutely, I, I really don't know how we could do what we do uh, I don't, without it. I really don't. Because um, to, to live in such a way as to hear for yourself the truth that is easily accessible in your Bible, I don't know, you'd have to live to be 800 years old just to get close to what has been revealed in the Scriptures. Absolutely inestimable value in the Scriptures. However, um, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed. 
for as a, a flashlight that shines in the dark place, this is going to be like a day star dawning. You know what the day star is? It's the sun. Nobody uses a flashlight when the sun is up. They, they just don't. Somebody out in their yard looking for something with a flashlight at noontime, you'd think they were nuts. But I'm afraid that sometimes we move from uh, the Scriptures, and because we're reluctant to uh, go directly to the Spirit of God, because we don't have a relationship with Him, or because it is new, or because it's not understood, or because it's not conventional, or because you have people warning you to stay away from that kind of thing. You know, we should get all of our instruction through the Bible, which eventually means through them. Um, you know, for whatever reason that you neglect it, we do have a tendency to, to make our Bible, we, we make it carry weight that it was never intended to carry. We, we demand of it things that uh, it never promised us. The promise of the, to the Christian was this, that if you'll keep my commandments, I'll teach you from the inside. Now, I, I don't know why that promise is not called upon more, um, but it is the only way to receive directly from the Lord what we need on a daily basis. Your, your, your daily bread is not in this book. It's interesting to read every day. I don't know that as the day goes by I don't read it or at least contemplate what it says. But when, when we read these things, this is not the voice of God speaking to us. You can hear the voice of God as you read this, but this in itself is, is not the Word of God. The, the biggest danger here is to take uh, an item, if you will, a process, um, uh, to, to take a, an asset that is given to Christianity, namely the Word of God, and then superimpose that over uh, a, a much more benign thought and word like the Scriptures or the Bible, well, not only have you elevated the Bible out of the place that, it's, that it teaches us, that the place that it's supposed to have in our lives, but you have downplayed a most wonderful gift, the, the most wonderful asset of Christianity, which is direct communication with our Lord God. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Has anybody experienced that? Do you really think that when you go to the Bible, that this is Jesus coming to you? I, I imagine there's people that, that feel that way. But if it ever happens the other way around, that'll never suffice for you ever again. I've told people, you know, you know if, if you feel like God loves you and, and your attitude is pretty much like the old song, Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so. Okay, is that good enough? I'll tell you what, I, I don't think so. As you husbands need to take a little three-by-five card and write I love you on it and hand it to your wife and say, anytime you want to hear that out of me, just pull that card out of your purse and read it and see how far that goes. But essentially, isn't that what we do with the Word of God? He wants to speak to us, and 
has he really, has he really closed his mouth? Has he really uh, decided not to speak to us and say, if you want to know what I have to say, you can read it in a book? You know, none of this makes sense. N- none of it is the characteristic of our God. So why do we pursue it so? Well, there are reasons for that, but uh, they're not very complementary to the, to the conventional Christian or its leadership. Um, Jesus wants us to know that the kingdom of God is that hidden treasure. That, when you find this treasure in a field, when you, when you indeed find this, you will sell everything you have to get it. When you find a doctrine, a teaching, a theology, a principle, a characteristic of God, when you find that in the communication that you can have with God, not just you talking to Him, but indeed Him talking to you, I assure you, you will deem that as the most valuable thing in your life. And you can, you can believe God loves you because the Bible says so, if that's what you want to do. But if you ever heard him say it, you'll never wonder about it again. You'll never wonder. People sit and wring their hands and wonder if they're going to be saved and wonder if they're going to be, uh, you know, if they're going to heaven when they die and all the all that kind of talk. Listen, you want all that to go away? Get a communicative relationship between you and the Lord God. The Bible says that there's three ways that we can know that we are children of God. Only gives us three. Other, the, the other ways that are given to us by our preachers and by our teachers and by our, our, our doctrines and theologies are essentially man-made deductions from the Bible. In other words, if the Bible's not true, that you have no relationship with God. If the Bible is, can, can be discounted some way, it destroys a relationship because your whole faith in God, your assurance of your salvation is based in a book. Mine's not. Mine's not at all. Now, the book told me about these three ways. Granted, you see the value of the book? All of a sudden, the book has value, but I'm not worshiping it. The book tells me that I can know that I'm a child of God because I keep his commandments. Did you know that that's what the scriptures say? If you say you are a child of God and you don't keep his commandments, he considers you to be a liar. The other way is, is that we love our brethren. That's how we know we've passed from death unto life. And the other way is that third step that I give you over and over and over to take time every day to hear the voice of God. Why? Because... One of those ways we can know that we've been born again, that we're on, our, uh, we're on the right track, is how the Spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are the children of God. Once you have that, you'll, you'll, you're not going to worry about this, not, not for another second. Our time is gone. Sorry about that. Um, sure goes by fast. And uh, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredink.com. That's thinkredink.com.
join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.